Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business, the new Wednesday episode where if you're anything like me and you used to work in a corporate job that you did not like, you were dispassionate about your job and you're working for the weekends and all that stuff, uh, this is for you. This is uh, my story, all the tips and tricks that I have learned throughout quitting corporate and pursuing my own business as an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm here to help you with all that stuff in my expertise of marketing on social media, sales, creating your offer, um, and all the mindset stuffs like that. So if you are the dispassionate employee, you're gonna love this episode because I'm gonna talk about my game plan going from, all right, if I were to talk to Matt today, Matthew today, uh, when he was an engineer, where do we start? How can I fast forward this process of you know just quitting my job and pursuing my passion and making money off of it? Uh, what is the step-by-step process that we are going to take uh, so here's exactly what I would do if I was going to start all over and I was a civil engineer in New York City and I wanted to pursue, I had two passions, photography um, and fitness, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of like reference myself as a, um, as a personal trainer uh, and how I would pursue that path, but you can find yourself in this story and I'll probably give some other examples along the way. And I just want to remind you that if you are looking for a more extended game plan, if you pair this episode with my $27 five-day game plan that you can execute over 90 days to help you monetize your passion and maybe in those 90 days, quit corporate, quit the corporate job. I know that's the biggest fear for a lot of people in corporate. I've been talking to a lot of you guys, which you'll hear. That's one of my steps throughout this process. I've been talking to a lot of you and money is the biggest fear, right? I want to know that I can have that guaranteed paycheck coming in. Um, so we'll talk about um, a little bit of that throughout this podcast, but if you pair uh, what I do in this podcast today with that $27 game plan, uh, then you'll be well on your way. By March 31st, you'll be able to quit your corporate job. You know, everyone's path is different, but uh, if you put in the work, it's possible, it's very possible. So let's get into it. Again, if you are that dispassionate employee, if you are working for the weekends, if you are you know, having Sunday scaries and having the Monday blues and celebrating hump days and all those things, I want you to love every single day, right? And that's where I wanna get you. I wanna get you to be this happy entrepreneur, living a happy life, which you can do right now. You can be happy right now, I promise you. Uh, but if you wanna start working for something that you really believe in, stop working for someone else's dream, I know that's a thought I always had, uh, I don't want. I, I don't want to build someone else's dream. Uh, work for someone else's, you know, <laughs> dream. How many times am I going to say that? Drink every time I say dream. Um, and you want to be this happy entrepreneur. Uh, this is this is the right place for you. So, all right. I got a. Uh, let's see. I got some notes here, but I got a six-step process to what I would do if I was starting all over. I'm going to talk to Matthew, the engineer, and tell him where do, where does it begin. So step one. Step one is the becoming. Becoming this entrepreneur, becoming the expert before you feel like you are. I know a lot of people get stuck in that imposter syndrome. Who am I to do all this stuff? Yada, yada, yada. We've talked about that on Modern Happiness. You know, I'll talk about it a lot here, but we need to start to become this person. And really, again, I wanna give the preface of this episode that we are starting uh, or I'm going to give you these six steps and I'm going to kind of overview all of them. And then in the future, we can dive deep into each step a little bit deeper, but I want to give you this path right now. And then so you can kind of prepare for, you know, future episodes and things like that. Uh, but if you're like, oh, the new year's coming and uh, you want to have more of a game plan, 
right? That's what Matt was missing at, when he was in corporate. Uh, then this is that episode. So really it is that becoming. So knowing that you're the expert. And so what is an expert? A lot of people might not feel like the expert. Um, Matt, you know, five years ago as a fitness uh, being a personal trainer and this fitness expert, you know, was he really expert? Well, yes, because here's what an expert is. All an expert is, is having authoritative knowledge on a topic. So what does it mean to have authoritative knowledge, right? I'm gonna, I'll give you some examples. So if we talk about Matt, you know, Matthew, a few, five years ago as the civil engineer, uh, and he wanted to be this personal trainer. Well, can he help Matthew eight years ago with his fitness. Yes, probably, right? I know a lot more. I've had a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of things. I've messed up. So I have authoritative knowledge over Matthew eight years ago as far as fitness and reaching his health goals. I'll give another example. As I look over at my guitars, let's say I have a cousin or a niece or a nephew, 10 years old, they want to learn guitar. Now, I am not maybe quote unquote, an expert as you guys would, you know, maybe are thinking about it, right? I'm not the best guitar player ever, but can I get my cousin where they wanna be? Well, where do they wanna be? Maybe they wanna play Good Riddance by Green Day on guitar. Another turning point, the fork stuck in the road. Uh, kind of a, a typical song that a lot of people <laughs> like to learn to play, uh, at least growing up, you know. Uh, maybe smoke over water, doom, doom, doom. That would really be a step one. But maybe the end goal is I want to sing and play guitar um, and I want to play this specific song. Well, yes, I can help my niece or nephew get to that goal because I know how to play these chords. I know how to play a lot more than those chords. I even know how to solo to certain songs because I know a blues progression, scale progression, whatever you call it, right? I'm not the expert expert on that, but I could teach my cousin how to play this song and how to sing this song so I could help them get to that final goal. And, you know, if we're talking about coaches, if, if you want to be a coach and teach people stuff, um, then that's great because we, a, what a good coach does is they can coach their clients all the way up to where they are, and then hopefully they can go find a new coach, a new mentor to hire uh, where you're not, you know, that expert, they go on to the next expert, right? If I'm your business coach, no, I, I've i never built my business to a million dollars. So I'm not gonna take you to a million dollars, but I am the expert in taking you out of your corporate life and into building a business where you can quit corporate, right? You can make that same money or, or a little bit more, make six figures uh, doing what you love because I've done that. And this will be a reoccurring theme. But getting back to the point at hand is that you need to understand and know that you are the expert. And that might feel weird at first, right? This is why this is step one. This is the becoming. I am the expert, right? There are people I can help and really living into that. And it might feel weird at first. And I go a little bit deeper in the previous episode, um, in the modern business episode on that becoming and, and, and um, what it's like to have that kind of mindset. But we just need to start telling ourselves, I am the expert in blank. Fill in the blank. What do you help people with? So I would say I am an expert in personal training, right? And, and just reminding yourself, like, yes, I'm not going to be training Arnold Schwarzenegger. That is not my ideal client, right? He definitely knows more about bodybuilding than I do. He's not my ideal client. I'm not worried about that. Again, reminder, I am helping Matt eight years ago, 10 years ago. That's who I'm helping. And I'm the expert. I have authoritative knowledge for that person.
if I was teaching my nephew guitar, I can teach them how to play good riddance on guitar. And yes, there's going to be some scales and progressions to get there, but I can teach them. And then eventually once they learn more and they want to get into writing their own music, okay, now I'm not the expert for them. They need to go find a new coach. But right now I am the expert. And also pairing that with like, I am an entrepreneur. Right now you probably don't feel like an entrepreneur, but you need to start to become that person before you are, right? Because once you believe it, you become it. And when you become it, you start doing the things that that person does. So it all starts internally. So I would tell Matt five years ago as a civil engineer, remind yourself, you are the expert. There are people out there you can help. And you start telling yourself that and start telling yourself you are an entrepreneur. And I just take a deep breath. And every morning I would say, I am an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur, right? So I will start then doing the things an entrepreneur does. Okay. So now let's get into step two. And by the way, as I say this stuff, and as you start going through this, you guys need to do this for yourselves. I, if we talk about personal training and you're my client, I can't do push-ups for you, right? That's where the real growth happens. I can lead you and guide you, but you need to put in the work. So as I start talking through this stuff, I'm doing this stuff right now, by the way, as I've evolved and now I'm helping this corporate person, every step that I tell you, I'm literally doing right now, okay? And it's going to take the doing for you to actually understand this stuff, right? So I'll, I'll explain this a little bit further right now. Step two is hypothesis. You're going to create a hypothesis on who your ideal client is. This is niching down. You're going to ask yourself, who do I serve? Okay. And, and listen, niching down is scarier for a lot of people. Well, I'll tell you what, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do any of this stuff. You can be broad in general, but you're going to grow very slowly, right? I've learned from experience. Every mentor I've ever talked to tells people to niche down. This is like step, <laughs> I'm calling it step two because the mindset's the most important part, but this is like step one. You really need to niche down because what you do when you niche down is you become the obvious solution to your ideal client's problems so that when they are ready to take the step, when they are ready to hire you or buy your product, in their mind, when they make that switch, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to do it, they think of you first. And they're not gonna think of you first if you're talking broad, very general topics. They're gonna think of you first when you become the obvious solution to their problem and you niche down and you speak to them with their language and you call them out, right? We're gonna get, we're gonna get to that in, in a second with content, but we do need to niche down, right? If I show up every single day and I just talk about, I don't know, building your business in general terms, it's not gonna land. But when I start talking to the corporate person and I start saying, hey, I know you're taking naps in the bathroom stall, right? Because I was. I know that you're spending your lunch hours Googling, you know, um, how to X, Y, Z for your passion. Top 10 tips on, you know, how to grow a photography business. Uh, those types of things, right? I know you're doing that at work. And when you hear me talk about that, you're like, wow, Matt gets me. He's inside my head. I start to become the obvious solution to your problem. When the day finally comes that you want to quit corporate or that you want to hire me as your coach or you want to buy the $27 game plan, whatever that is, you think of me first. Okay, you know what? I'm going to take this first step. Who do I go for the first step? Well, yes, you can go to Google, but there's a lot on there. But you see me every day on social media talking to you, the dispassionate employee. I start to become the obvious solution to your problem, which helps me grow faster, right? Rather than if I speak in generalities, I'm, I'm not going to be top of mind for you. Okay, so 
that's it. We need to start to create this hypothesis, become the obvious solution to your ideal prop, your the obvious solution to your ideal client's problems. And what this helps you do is you start to stand for something. You start to realize what you stand for. And when you niche down, so, so right, we'll talk about Matthew five years ago. All right, you wanna be a personal trainer. Let's hypothesize on who your ideal client is. Who is my, who would my ideal client be? Well, if you struggle with this, it's typically you <laughs> in the past, an old, a younger version of yourself, right? So I know Ma Matthew, eight years ago, 10 years ago, was doing a lot of bodybuilding stuff. Bodybuilding.com, uh, if you're not familiar with fitness and stuff. But anyway, you go to the gym, and I know a lot of guys probably do this, right? This is the point. A lot of guys go in the gym, they do three sets of 10. Uh, oh, did my recording stop? Nope, we're good. Uh, you, do, you do three sets of 10, right? Monday is chest day, and you do three sets of 10 for bench press. You do three sets of 10 incline, bench press, decline, dumbbell bench press, you do three by 10 of dumbbell flies, and like that's your chest day, right? And then Tuesday is back and buys, and you get these workouts from the internet, and you know you maybe do some supersets of lat pulldowns and uh, dumbbell curls, regular curls, and then you do some spider hammer curls, uh, superset with bent over rows, right? You're doing these three, three by 10, right? For me, that was super, not exciting workouts. And then I found CrossFit and fitness became more fun, blah, 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 right? But the point is that that's what Matt was doing and he got really bored with those workouts. So he would do a month of working out and then he would take a month off and he would gain some weight and then he'd get back in the gym and he would lose some weight and gain some muscle and he would look sexy again. But then it got boring again, so he stopped working out. You see how I know exactly what Matt is going through and dealing with? So if I start talking about this stuff, on, on the internet, Matt, eight years ago, would be like, wow, this guy gets me. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows what I'm dealing with. I'm gonna hire him. All right, I'm mixing a lot of steps, but step two is hypothesis. So I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna go, what was Matt doing, you know, three years ago? If I'm Matt five years ago as the engineer, all right, if I'm that person, I would hypothesize and go, what was Matt doing three years ago that was causing him pain? What was he struggling with? You know, and what are his goals? And I would start asking all these questions about Matt five years ago. So again, if you struggle with niching down, you are the evolved version of your client. So what were you struggling with? You're gonna start writing all this down. This is the hypothesis. You're going to hypothesize. What were Matt's goals? What were his pain points, right? So his pain points. What, because he couldn't, you know, work out consistently, what was causing him pain in his life? Maybe he's lacking confidence because um, he's not as fit as he wants to be. He can't lose that stubborn belly fat and get the six pack. Um, maybe he doesn't have energy throughout the day when he's working, he's always tired, right? Those are pain points. Now, struggles, you wanna ask yourself, what are the struggles Matt is dealing with? Those are the things that are stopping him from getting those goals, right? So we have pain points, which is the result of not having the goals. The struggles is, is what is stopping you? What is, what is he doing that's not working? So that's like, he's doing the bodybuilding kind of workouts that aren't inspiring. Um, he doesn't know what to eat to give himself more energy or to lose the weight, or uh, he doesn't realize that all those beers on the weekends are the reason why he doesn't have a six pack. It's those types of things. Those are the struggles. What is getting in the way of Matt not reaching his goals? Um, and then the biggest fears. What are Matt's biggest fears? Um, you know, maybe it's lack of confidence in the gym. Maybe 
Um, the biggest fear is that, you know, if, if I don't get fit, I'm not going to find the right girlfriend um, or because I'm not fit, I don't go on dates. So that's stopping me from dating, from finding the love of my life. You know, those are fears that someone might have of, of, uh, not, re of not actually getting to their goals. Um, yeah, so we want to hypothesize, right? This is you being a scientist and going, hmm, what does my client want? What are they struggling with? Right, and you're going to really think about this stuff because this allows you to nail your niche and to become very specific with your content. Okay, but before we get there, step three is now we're going to do market research. We are going to go out and ask old Matt, right again, Matt five years ago, I would say, okay, now you're gonna go find Matt eight, you know, three years earlier. So, okay, who is that? I will talk to my friends in college who I worked out with. Hey, how's working out going? I know we used to do these like bodybuilding sessions. How's that working for you? Do you find yourself getting bored with these workouts so that you work out for a month or two and then you get a month off because you're just bored and sick of it and tired and uninspired by it. Hey, do you feel like you don't really understand nutrition? You know, what are your goals? Are you trying to lose that extra 10 pounds so you can have a six pack? What do you feel like it's costing you by not having that six pack, by not having a consistent fitness routine? What do you feel like it's costing you that you don't have um, pro proper nutrition in place? Do you feel like you're always tired at work? You know, I'll ask all these questions because if we are the evolved version of our client, we sometimes forget what it's like to really be that person. We forget those struggles. And because we are evolved, because Matt, me, I understand so much about fitness, I'm gonna start using words that might not make sense to my old self, to the person who hasn't done all of this research over the past years to understand what I know now. So I'm gonna go ask these questions, right? We think we know what our client wants to hear, but because we are evolved version, we don't understand what they need or we use the wrong language. So we are going to validate the hypothesis that we did. We want to understand if we are using the right language, if we understand their pains and problems, because again, we are so evolved that sometimes we forget that the simplest things are the things that they're struggling with. Like, oh wait, you don't know how to cook a proper breakfast? Like, oh wait, you're not eating breakfast? I totally forgot that that was a problem for Matt, right? Even for me talking to the dispassionate employee who wants to quit their job, you know, I forget what it's like to be afraid to get on social media. I forget what it's like to not know what to say on your stories and how to show up and, and those types of things, right? So I wanna go ask my client, what are you struggling with? What's stopping you from getting these goals? We're gonna validate that hypothesis. And this is super important. And then what you can do is, then you just ask them for content ideas. Hey, if I were to make five videos for you to help you get from where you are now to where you wanna be, what are those five pieces of content I can make? And then they will tell you, and now you have great, beautiful content ideas. And then you can ask them, okay, if I was going to charge and help you get from point A to point B, how much would you pay for that? What would you want that to look like? And they'll start telling you exactly what your offer should be, right? And now you understand what your price should be. And yeah, some people are gonna say a little bit lower of a price, but now you at least have an idea if this is a potential offer you could make 
Is this a profitable niche? Would they actually pay to have these problems solved? And now what you're doing is you're not wasting time creating a product or diving down this business that might not actually be profitable. You're going to go ask, you're going to talk to like 10 people at least talk to 10 people and understand if this is something that is profitable and you actually have the capabilities of helping solve. And maybe you don't. So maybe you have to figure out a new solution or ask different questions. And this is why it's important to do the market research. But I will also tell you, don't just send out a questionnaire. Don't just ask questions on Instagram. Get on a phone call and talk to these people because they might not tell you all these things. They might not get real deep with you if it's just over text. But when you can get on like a Zoom call and just be a real person and talk to people, then you can ask these more difficult questions, you know? And I can't get too deep into this, right? Because I'm trying to give the overview, keep this, this podcast could be like 10 hours long. Uh, but when conducting market research calls, you go and you ask them, um, hey, okay, what do you feel like is holding you back from losing the weight? Well, I, don't, I just don't know what to do in the gym. You know, I've been doing X, Y, Z in the gym and I just feel like it's not working. Like, how come I don't have the abs yet? Okay, cool. Um, you understand that. They don't know what to do. Okay, now what do you feel like it's costing you because you're not, you're not getting the abs? You're not losing the weight that you want to lose. Well, I feel like this. Okay, what else? You can dive a little bit deeper. You can create space for them to actually tell you what they really want. And this is super important when we start to talk about our content, our marketing, because then we want to become the obvious solution to their problem. The only way we can do that is if we get inside their head, if we really understand what this is costing them, right? And we start to talk to them and we start to use their language. This is going to be the next step. We start to become the obvious solution to their problem. We don't speak in generalities. So that's step three is the market research. Step three, if you can do market research, validate your hypothesis, you can get inside their head and really understand what your client needs to hear for your marketing. So step four is to now create the content. Now, when you do this market research call, you should take notes, very specific notes, because again, we want to use their language in our content. So, okay, so you're saying, all right, step four, create content. Matt, what kind of content should I make? There's a lot of content you should make. I have, um, I have kind of a, a, a marketing ecosystem uh, with a bunch of different content ideas, but I'm gonna give you two of those ideas right now. I think I have seven total, six total. Uh, I'm gonna give you two of those ideas right now because again, this podcast could be very long, um, but I wanna give you my two, the two best ones, really, so that you can actually take action today uh, and not make this podcast <laughs> five to 10 hours. Um, so the two, the, the obvious one is how to content, right? You've asked your client their struggles, their pain points, all of that stuff. Um, so now you're going to help them solve those problems. That's how to content. So Matt, as an engineer, wants to be a personal trainer. He's done this market research. He's validated his hypothesis and he goes, cool. I understand that the Matt, uh, the older Matt, who wants all these goals, wants to have that six pack. Uh, he just told me that he doesn't, he feels like he's doing these bodybuilding workouts and they're not getting him the six pack. Okay, I'm gonna create a how-to piece of content, how to spice up your workout routine so you can get the six pack, right? Or maybe it's nutrition. Maybe he said, maybe he told me that like, yeah, okay, what's your weekend like, Matt? And he tells me, yeah, you know, I drink 
you know, 30 beers a weekend and this is how I eat and the nutrition's bad. But he doesn't want to give that up because it's football Sundays and he likes to go out and have beers and eat wings. So I make a how-to piece of content, how to continue to eat the wings and drink the beers and get your six pack. And you see how now specific that is to Matt. Like you want to call people out in your content. So when you do make how-to content, you say things like, to the 30-year-old who hates their fitness routine or to the 30-year-old who uh, wants to drink the beers and eat the wings but still have a six-pack, right? I'm calling out my niche so specifically that when they read that, they go, holy shit, that's me. And oh my God, I want that. I want that thing or I'm struggling with that thing. It's so specific, right? So if I go back to that example, hey, to the third to the 30-year-olds who hate their fitness routine. It's a very specific age, and it's a very specific person who hates their fitness routine. This isn't someone who doesn't have a fitness routine. That's not who I'm talking about, right? I'm not trying to help people get started with a fitness routine. No, no, no. That's a different market. That's a different type of person with different types of problems. I'm talking to the dude who's been doing fitness but is not happy about it, is kind of in shape but still has a little bit of a belly wants to get the six pack, right? That's a very specific person. So when they read that headline, 30 year old me who hates their fitness routine, or uh, you know, 30 year old um, corporate worker who hates their fitness routine, it wants or is bored of their fitness routine. They read that and they go, that's me. And I wanna hear what Matt has to say, right? Rather than like some very broad headline that people just keep scrolling because you guys gotta understand, there's just the next best thing with a swipe of the thumb on social media, there's the next best piece of content. So if you are general, people are just gonna keep swiping until they find something they like. But when you are specific and you hit these pain points, and that's why we do the market research, that you can create content that, be, that stops the scroll, and that's what we're after, creating content that stops the scroll. And that's why you wanna write very specific headlines. Again, that's a whole nother deep dive I could do in that, which we'll do in the future episodes. Um, but as the general outline, this is step four, creating content that positions you as the obvious solution to your ideal client's problems, okay? And you're using their language. Again, this is why we do the market research, very important, because when we show up on our content, if I'm talking to, again, Matt five years ago, fitness trainer, hey Matt, don't use language like aerobic capacity, or don't even use the word macros, unless your audience has said that. On my market research calls, did my, did like, if I had 10 calls, right, did eight of those clients say, yeah, like, um, I, I feel like I'm not using the right macros, or I'm not hitting the right calories, or like, I really wanna work on my aerobic capacity. Is my ideal client saying that? Then if they are, use those words. If they're not, you need to use the words that they're using. They're like, yeah, you know, I wanna run, but I wanna run like I'm sick of doing 5Ks, I wanna do 10Ks and things like that. They're not saying I wanna increase my aerobic capacity. They're saying I wanna run further. I wanna run 10K. So you say how to run a 10K, how to increase your stamina so you can run a 10K. You don't use words like aerobic capacity. If they say, yeah, I'm trying to avoid carbs, tell them stop avoiding carbs. Don't say how to work on your macros. They're, that's not the language they're using. So in our content, we wanna use the language they're using. 
So when you do how-to content, you don't say how to increase your aerobic capacity. You say how to run your first 10K. Very simple. And that's exactly what they told you on the call, right? And that's why we do these market research calls because they, on the calls, they give you your best content. Okay, so that's your how-to content. I know I went on a rant there. Step two is then, or, or the second piece of content you could be making is connection. Connection content. What that means is tell your story. Show that you are the evolved version of your client. So Matt, five years ago as the engineer, you wanna create content, tell your story. Talk about how you were uninspired with, um, with your workout routine, how you would do two months off, or two months on and one month off. Say how you were drinking too much on the weekends um, and eating wings or how, hey, I still eat wings and drink beers on Sundays and I have the six pack. Tell your story because now you're creating connections with your ideal client. They now see that you've been through this. So wow, if I see that you've been through this, then you understand what it's like, you get it. And when people tell me, when you have this imposter syndrome, or when people go, why would anyone buy from me? This is the content. I mean, it's all the content, right? You wanna show you're an expert with the how-to content, but creating connections is the other thing. People buy from you because they have that connection. I'm gonna dive deeper into this in, in step six. This is still step, step four. I'm creating content now. We create the connection, we tell our story. Hey, this is where I'm from and how I grew up and I played sports a lot growing up and people go, wow, I played sports too. And you're like, I played baseball. And you talked about how you got into working out because you wanted to hit more home runs and throw the ball further and steal more bases. And now you're creating that connection with your potential client because they go, I also played sports. And even if that person played football, they understand. Yeah, I started working out because I wanted to run faster and tackle better and all those things, right? You're creating that connection with people subconsciously. And when you create that connection with someone, that's when you start to buy stuff, right? If you think about your buying habits, you buy from people that you like. You buy a Tesla because they look cool and because of what it says about you and because you love that it saves the environment and you don't wanna be using fossil fuels to kill the environment. You have a connection with Tesla and you like the way it looks when you step into that car. You have a connection with, uh, Sorry, I just got an important text. I got distracted. Um, you have the connection with Nike. You like their clothes and their product, but you also like just do it. You like the mentality. You love the commercials. They put out some epic commercials. You love that stuff. Patagonia. You wear Patagonia because when you have that logo on your chest, uh, it stands for something. It, it says that you value this high quality product. You also like what they stand for. They are very environmentally friendly. You know, they recycle a lot of products. They have a, a lifetime warranty, all this stuff. That's why you buy them. And they're a big product. So um, they've obviously built this throughout time, which I'll talk about in step six again. Um, but this is what you're doing with the connection. You're creating the connection with your ideal client so that they feel this vibe from you. So when, when, when people go, well, why would anyone buy from me? It's because of you that people will buy from you. Okay, so those are your two types of connection. That's step four, creating content, how-to content and connection content, kind of telling your story. Um, and then, you know, with that, you are getting hyper-specific. You are calling out your niche. You are um, saying, like, I'll give another example, like with moms. If your ideal client is a mom, it can't just be moms, get more specific. It should be single moms. It should be, you know, working moms. Um, th those two moms have maybe a single mom or a working mom or a CEO mom or 
um, a stay-at-home mom, they all have different problems than each other. They're all dealing with different things, right? So you get very specific in that. Um, you can say moms with kids between the ages of zero and two years old, right? They have different problems than a mom who's 60 and their kids are in college. It's completely different problems. The mom between zero and two is up all night. Their kids aren't on a consistent sleep schedule, like all this stuff. So you want to call out their specific problems compared to the mom whose kids are now in college and she's, you know, empty nester and she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. Like that's different problems. So when you start showing up in your content and talking about these uh, very specific problems, they go, oh my God, Matt's inside my head. And now you start to become the obvious solution to their problem. Like I said earlier, when they go, okay, it's time to change. I want to make this change or whatever, right? Your business exists to solve a problem. All businesses exist to solve a problem. So when your ideal client thinks, okay, I now I need to finally solve this problem. Bam. You're the first person they think of. That's what we're after. Okay. Step five, we're creating content. You can kind of do this in simultaneously with step four, but step five is now creating your minimum viable offer. Okay. So if you're create, if you're creating a product, your minimum viable offer might for you like, okay, you need the product, right? But if you're doing like a skincare routine, uh, just come up with the first product. What's the first thing that people would want? Or maybe it's like conditioner, right? You don't need the shampoo and the conditioner. Maybe it's just a conditioner. And you know that your ideal client just struggles to find the best conditioner for them. Shampoo, whatever, but the conditioner, I don't know. <laughs> That's not my niche. Um, but it, uh, so yeah, if you're selling a product, just do the one thing, right? Make the one hoodie that is just so awesome. And then how do we sell that product? You don't need an entire website built out because we can do all this on social media. We can create connections and all that stuff on social media. So your minimum viable product is, okay, if somebody today wants to buy my product, how can they do that? Well, all I need is a checkout page. I need a picture of the product and a button for them to buy it. And then of course you can ship it yourself and do all that stuff. You don't need a whole like shipping team, right? Someone fulfills an order, you go sick, you get your product, you put it in a box and you go to UPS and you ship it. That's your minimum viable offer. You don't need to be wasting time making the entire website and an about me page and like, you know, all this other stuff. All you need is a checkout page. That is it. So they can go click a button. That's where you start. And then yes, eventually maybe you build out a more in-depth website and then you create the second product, right? But that's your minimum viable offer. If somebody wanted to buy from me today, how can I fulfill this order? If you're a coach, a little bit different, right? You don't need a website at all. All you need is an outline and a game plan to understand how do I get person from A to Z, A to B, whatever you want to call it. How do I get someone uh, again, this could be a whole podcast in itself, and it probably will be down the road uh, for coaches. Um, but you just need an outline. Talk to any course creator, someone who teaches this stuff. I teach this stuff. You don't create, you don't spend months and months creating a program that no one buys yet. You sell the program. And then you, once you sell that program, you know, $1,000, $2,000, then you create it with them. That's your very first product. You don't need a whole list of PowerPoints and all this other stuff. Your minimum viable offer could be every week we get on a call and I will teach you what you need to know, right? As you're teaching that guitar. Okay, we'll, we'll keep using the example of me five years ago. All right, Matt, you want to help somebody with fitness? Cool. 
you show them, hey, I'm going to get you from A to Z, from where, where you are, you know, not passionate about your workouts, to loving working out, understanding nutrition, having that six-pack, and still drinking the beers and eating the wings on the weekends. And you see what I did there? All I did was tell them where they are, where they want to be. I didn't tell them about all the features inside my stuff. That's not important. <laughs> all right, that's about sales, uh, which is actually the next step. But what I'm doing is I'm gonna show them, hey, I'm gonna take you here to here. And then when that person hires me, cool. Now we're gonna create this offer together. And I understand what my outline is. My outline is we're gonna get them, uh, we're gonna intake them, right? And then we're gonna, you know, next milestone is figuring out the, the uh, fitness plan that works for them. And then we're gonna talk about nutrition. And then we're gonna talk about whatever, whatever. I'm gonna have these milestones. And then I can teach them about this stuff as we go through. But now I just live teach them. So that's my minimum viable offer. And then, yeah, down the road, you can create modules and you can have everything on a beautiful website and all this stuff. But you don't need that right now. You just create your minimum viable offer and outline that. If you want to know how to do that, I actually have a training. DM me for that training. I don't have it set up anywhere. Uh, actually, that's not true. Uh, link, will, link will be in the description if you want to understand how to create your offer. I did a three-day training on this. Um, that's specific for coaches, specific for, for fitness coaches, but uh, if you're any coach, uh, this would be awesome for you. Um, all right, I'll put that link in the bio as well. Uh, and then finally, so that's step five, create your minimum viable offer. Step six is then make sales, okay? And sales happens with conversations, okay? You are at a point in your business where you need to be having conversations with people. You are not the rock. You are not Lululemon or this big giant brand where you can just say, all right, here's my product. Everyone buy it. No, 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 no. You're not there yet. Yeah, The Rock could go out and be like, all right, I'm, <laughs> I'm making an NFT, right? And people would buy. Sorry, I'm getting really into NFTs lately. Um, I'm going to make an NFT and people would buy it. Or he said he could make a thing like, hey, here's my nutrition plan. 20 bucks. Here's a nutrition booklet. So many people would buy that because for years and years, he's he obviously looks the part. He's developed that part that he's a guy who's super into fitness, right? So if he came out with a nutrition plan, so many people would buy it. You're not there yet. You're just starting your business. You haven't proven expertise for years and years like The Rock has, like Lululemon has. They create a running hat. People would buy the running hat, even though they're known for you know yoga stuff. Like They have other products now because for years and years, they developed that you know, like and trust factor where if they made a hat, people would just buy the hat. But we're not there yet. So we need to start getting in the DMs, getting on calls, having conversations with people. You're at a point in your business where you have the luxury and the time to do this. You can talk to 10, 20 people, five people a week. Talk to them and create and nurture relationships. So if we think about this, who is your first sale gonna be from? Seriously, is it gonna be from some rando on the internet? Whoa, my Google's making crazy noises. Okay, we're good. Oh God. Hey Google, stop. I don't know what it's doing. Okay, I think it stopped. Um, is it gonna be from some rando of the internet or is it gonna be your friends and family, right? So talking to Matt five years ago, personal trainer. Matt, get your first client. Okay, who's that client? Maybe my brother, maybe a friend from college who is struggling with those problems, right? You know why? Because they know you, they like you, they trust you. They've seen your evolution. They know that I'm fit. They know that I've gone through, even without social media, right? 
uh, I have a relationship with them. They know I'm a healthy person. So that's the easiest person to sell. So we start there with friends and family. But you want to grow your business, you need to start having conversations with other people, with new people. And it's very important that we are creating and nurturing these relationships. Right? So that those first sales are going to be people you know. And but as you're getting out on social media and showing strangers that you can do this, maybe your friend from high school follows you and they go, oh, wow, I didn't know Matt did all this stuff. I didn't know he was a personal trainer. But as I'm building this content and putting it out there, they slowly start to see that I'm the obvious solution to their problem. And then if they start liking my content, I can go in there and I can hit, hit their username and I can go start conversations. Hey, I saw you like my content. Thanks so much. Um, I'm curious, what did you like about it? Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really struggling with, yeah, I think I drink and eat too much crap on the weekends. Um, but I kind of like doing that. I like hanging out with my friends. It's really hard not to go to the bars and have wings and beers. So I see that your post was about having the beers and wings and getting the six pack. Well, that's what I want. Cool. We start to have those conversations in the DMS. We start to nurture them. We start to help those people for free. We send them more good content. Hey, you know, when we spoke in the DMs, you said you also struggle with finding a routine um, that inspires you and, and gets you excited to go to the gym. Well, I just created a post to help you get more inspired in the gym. Can I send that to you? They say yes. You send them that. You start helping them. You start to build that relationship, nurture that relationship. You start to show them you are the expert and, the, and uh, yeah, that you are the expert in your field. And then eventually, you make the ask. You make the offer. Hey, you know what? Since I've helped you so much, I would love to help you further. Would, would you want to get on call and work together? And you make the sale. So if you are a coach and you have a higher ticket offer, you probably want to get on sales calls. And again, that's a longer conversation, which we'll have one day. But you want to get on a call with a higher ticket offer. If you are selling a product and it's a low ticket offer, 27 bucks, 50 bucks, you could probably just send a link. But what you've done now is you've created and nurtured relationships. And those are the people that are going to buy from you. And this is the phase that we're in right now. And yeah, if you want to start spending money on ads, um, that's a whole nother conversation. But you're not there yet. You don't have, um, you don't have a, a, a verified offer yet. So you want to continue to create content and start selling things. And you want to have proof of concept. Once you have proof of concept for your product, yeah, then it's probably worth spending some ad money to it and all that stuff. Again, totally different conversation. But right now, you're at a point in your business, especially if you're in the corporate job, you have, you know, an income where you can spend, a, uh, not money, we're not talking about Facebook ads, but where you can spend, you know, 20 minutes a day having a conversation with a potential client and just nurturing a relationship. It might sound scary, but you don't have to make an ask yet. Just nurture a relationship. And if you feel like you get to a point with someone where you've been helping them, you've been giving them tips, you've been creating content for them, then you can drop in their DMs and go, hey, you know what? This has been going really well. If you want to like get to these goals faster, you know, I actually have a, a product for you, an offer for you. Would you like to get on a call? Or can I send you the link? Or whatever that is, right? So it starts with conversations to make sales. You start with the people you already, who already like you, who already know you, who already trust you, all that stuff. You start there. And now that you realize that, wow, my first sales are gonna come from people who know, like, and trust me, this is what we're after. We've done this whole process of going through the hypothesis, the market research, all of that stuff, putting out content so that you can become the obvious solution to your ideal client's problems. And you do that really well, 
you can start making sales to people. They start to trust you. And this is how we get to that point. So that's step number six is to make the sale. Okay, so just to recap, step one, become. You need to become this person first. You write these mantras. You say, I'm an entrepreneur. You, you, you believe that you are the expert. And if you don't believe it, you need to start. You need to start doing the things, right? That's the only way it's going to change. Um, but it really does start with telling yourself that I am the expert. I can help my ideal client get, whoops, get to where they want to be. Okay, so step one, becoming. Step two, the hypothesis. You're gonna answer all these questions. Get out a document, spend an hour, and ask all these questions. Where was I? Where did I wanna be? What's stopping me? What are, what are my goals? Uh, what are my biggest fears? All these things. And once you've had that hypothesis, you're gonna go ask your client. You're gonna validate your hypothesis, do market research, ask them if all these things are true. Hey, do you feel like this? Hey, do you, do you think this is stopping you from getting those goals? What are you doing to try and get to those goals? What are your goals? All those questions, you're gonna validate that. And then with that market research, you're gonna then step forward to create content. You're gonna use their language. You're gonna get very specific on that niche. You're gonna to start to become the obvious solution to your ideal client's problems. And step five, you are going to outline and create your minimum viable offer. And then once you've created that offer, you're then going to then sell that offer. And you start selling that offer by being in the DMs, by creating conversations, by telling people that you have a solution to their problem and that they can buy it for this amount of money. And that's it. And that's where I would start if I was starting over. That's where I'm starting right now with this new pivot. I was a business coach for personal trainers. Now I'm a business coach for the dispassionate employee, the corporate worker who wants to be the happy entrepreneur. So I'm doing all these things. I'm getting on calls. I'm doing my research calls. I'm creating content with your language. I asked you what, you know, I'm asking you people, uh, if this feels like you, by the way, and you want to get on a call with me, shoot me a DM. And I would love to ask you these questions. And in exchange for your time, I'll, I will support you and help you come up with a game plan. Um, but I'm doing all these things and I'm consistently putting on content so that I become the obvious solution to my deal client problems. And you know what's happening because I'm doing all of this and I'm using your language is that I am getting DMs and people are saying I'm getting DMs from you know, women who are saying, this is literally my husband. My husband's an engineer, hates his job, wants to pursue his passion. I'm like, bam, well, perfect. See how specific that is? And I'm getting DMs. If I spoke generally about this stuff, it wouldn't be happening. And I'm getting other DMs. And, and just because you niche down doesn't mean you can't help other people. But I'm getting DMs from people who, yeah, aren't happy with their job and they want to pursue their passion. Some people don't know what that is. We'll have a conversation about that as well. But that's it. That's the six-step game plan of where I would start if I was starting all over. If I was going to go tell Matt, the engineer who wants to be a personal trainer, here's what you should do, Matt. Here's your game plan. So if you pair this episode with my $27 five-day game plan on how to monetize your passion, which you can execute over the next 90 days, if you pair this episode with that $27 um, game plan, I'm telling you by March 31st, depending on when, when you're listening to this, it's about the end of the year, the end of 2021. If you implement that by March 31st, you could be quitting your job. And what would life be like if, if you could actually monetize your passion and quit your job and go full-time doing what you love? If you could wake up every single day doing what you love. If you could wake up every single day, oh my God, just excited about the day, not trudging through life. That's what I want for you. Pursue your dreams, pursue your passion, to live a happy, sing, happy life every single day. That's been my mission for myself, the pursuit of daily happiness, and that's what I want for you. So 
do it. All the links are in the description. Uh, I think I said bio before. <laughs> all the links are in the description. Uh, and until next week, love you guys. Peace out.